What up, what up, what up? Alright, so we're back. <clears throat> A lot of stuff to talk about. Um let's see, where should I start? First of all, um, if you haven't got my book, uh go get it. It's called The Coming Past, Present, Future. You should definitely go cop that. It's dealing with history, history book. One of the reasons to know history is you kind of can see patterns, and it helps you out, man. Um, but anyway, it's also good to know your history. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, All right, so, uh, Tesla, uh, looked like they was caught up in a hacking. Uh, let me see. I'm going to read this from Bloomberg. Hold up. Actually, can I read it? Oh, yeah. So it says, Hackers breached thousands of security cameras exposing Tesla, jails, and hospitals. So, from my understanding, they breached somebody's security, some somebody's account. Oh, let me, uh, here we go. A group of hackers say they breached a massive troll of security camera data collected by Silicon Valley startup Ricada Inc., gaining access to live feeds of 150,000 surveillance cameras inside hospitals, companies, police departments, prisons, and schools. Okay. So somebody was just watching, it seems. Um, <laughs> companies who footage was exposed include carmaker Tesla Inc., software provider Cloudflare Inc. In addition, hackers were able to view Video from inside women's health clinics, psychiatric hospitals, and offices of Riketa 
I'm probably saying that name wrong to itself. Some of the cameras, including in hospitals, use facial recognition technology to identify and categorize people captured on the footage. The hackers say they also have access to full video archive of all Ricada customers. Okay, so scary stuff for some people would say. Um, in a video seen by Bloomberg, a Ricada camera inside Florida hospital, Halifax Health, showed what appeared to be eight hospital staffers tackling a man and pinning him to the, a bed. Halifax Health is featured on Ricada's public-facing website in a case study entitled How Florida Healthcare Provider Easily Updated and Deployed a Scalable HIPAA-Compliant Security System. A sportsman for Halifax confirmed Wednesday that it uses Ricada cameras but added that we believe the scope of the situation is limited. Okay. But it's about all, all things electronic can just be, just about be hacked, right? So I find it interesting. Like, we have all these um, smart homes. We have smart TVs. Like, it all can be hacked. So it's an interesting time, I would say. Very interesting. Another video shot inside a Tesla warehouse in Shanghai shows workers on a, an assembly line. The hackers said they obtained access to 222 cameras in Tesla factories and warehouses. Wow. Okay. So they watching workers at warehouses. <laughs> Interesting. Um, the data breach was carried out by International Hacker Collective and intended to show the pervasiveness of video surveillance and the ease with which systems can be broken into, said Tila Cotman, one of the hackers who claimed credit for breaching San Mateo, California-based Riqueta. Riqueta. Cotman, uh, who uses they-them pronouns, previously claimed credit for hacking chipmaker Intel Corporation and carmaker Nissan Motor Company. Catman or Cotman said their reasons for hacking are lots of curiosity, fighting for freedom of information and against intellectual property, a huge dose of anti-capitalism, a hint of anarch anarchism, and it also just too much fun not to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So were they caught, I wonder, or are they still free? Um, we have disabled all internal administrator accounts to prevent any unauthorized access. A Ricada spokesperson said in a statement, our internal security team and external security firm are investigating the scale and scope of this issue, and we have notified law enforcement. A person with knowledge of the matter said, Ricada's chief information security officer and internal team and an external security firm are investigating the incident. The company is working to notify customers and set up support line to address questions, said the person who requested anonymity 
to discuss an ongoing investigation. I also heard not too long ago that Microsoft got hacked. So everybody's just getting hacked nowadays. Um, it's interesting, really interesting. Um, where all this seems to be headed, because everything is moving more towards digital, right? So pretty soon everything's gonna be digital. I mean, we even have like devices, right, to keep people healthy that are digital or tech related, right? And a lot of these devices can be hacked. So it's interesting, like where all this is headed. Tesla said that based on our current understanding, the cameras being hacked are also installed in one of our suppliers and the product is not being used by our Shanghai factory or any of our Tesla stores or services centers. Our data collected from Shanghai factories and other places mentioned are stored on local servers. The companies identified in the story didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Representatives of the jails, hospitals, and schools named in this article either declined to comment or didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Okay. Uh, let me see where else we got here. Also available to the hackers were 330 security cameras inside the Madison County Jail in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, Ricada offers a feature called People Analytics, which lets a customer search and filter based on many different attributes, including gender traits, clothing, color, and even a person's face, according to a Verda blog post. Images seen by Bloomberg show that the cameras inside the jail, some of which are hidden inside vents, thermostats, and defibrillators, track inmates and correctional staff using the facial recognition technology. The hackers say they were able to access live feeds and archive video, in some cases, including audio of interviews between police officers and criminal suspects, all in a high definition resolution known as 4K. Yeah, yeah these hackers, like, they really, uh, they did a pretty big hack, I would say. Hopman said their group was able to obtain root access on the cameras, meaning they could use the cameras to execute their own code. That access could, in some instances, allow them to pivot and obtain access to the broader corporate network of Arcada's uh, customers or hijack the cameras and use them as a platform to launch future hacks. Obtaining the degree of access to the camera didn't require any additional hacking, as it was a built-in feature cotton set. The hackers' methods were unsophisticated. They gained access to Vercada's through a super admin account, allowing them to peer into the cameras of all of its customers. Cotman says they found a username and password for administrator account publicly exposed on the internet. After Bloomberg contacted Verkata, the hackers lost access to the video feeds and archives, Cotman said. Uh-huh. Oh, they were everywhere. Arizona, Texas, uh, they was at a hospital in Arizona. 
Wow. So this just lets you know just how unsecure a lot of this stuff really is, right? And at any time, things can be exposed. So then the question you ask yourself, do you really have privacy? Which is a great question. Um, so, A video seen by Bloomberg shows officers in a police station in Storton, Wisconsin, questioning a man in handcuffs, Sergeant Andrew Johnson, an official in Stalton. I'm probably saying that name wrong, too. Confirmed to Bloomberg News that the department uses Riketa cameras. The hackers say they also gained access to the security cameras of Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut where a gunman killed more than 20 people in 2012. Okay. So, yeah, man. Interesting. A lot of, a lot of stuff been going down. Uh, let me see. Okay, moving on to the next topic. But uh, y'all should know a lot of stuff is not secure. All right, so something else in the news. Uh, there was a record-breaking sale of online digital image by an artist called Beeple. Yeah, people. More than anyone has ever bid for works by artists. Uh, let me see. And I think this has something to do with the NFTs. Yeah, here we go. Cryptocurrency and blue chip art collided Thursday when a self-told artist named Mike Wickelman, who goes by the professional name of Beeple, sold a digital image online at Christie's for a record-breaking $69.3 million. The sale makes Beeple the third most expensive living artist after Jeff Koons and David Hockney. It's the most expensive digital asset to ever sell with an accompanied digital certificate of authenticity. 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 There you go. Known as non-fungible token or NFT, according to nonfungible.com. NFT is a non-fungible token. I think I brought that up on one of my episodes already. But yeah, man, so there's a lot of people making money with these. Um, and I know you can like people like selling like little things on games, right? Like say like you might need a sword or something in a game, you might sell it with an NFT. So NFTs, like, it has to be something that's kind of unique, right? Something like real estate. Um, but let me uh, finish reading this stuff. The sale could prove a watershed moment for crypto asset markets as well as an art world suddenly obsessed with NFTs, even as many top collectors and dealers admit 
they are still figuring out what the digital trademarks do. NFTs and corporate technology similar to Bitcoin, the decade-old digital currency, albeit with a key difference. Hold on, let me stop right there. Because they just brought up Bitcoin, and Bitcoin just went over 60000 not too long ago. So that's pretty big. Everybody should have at least a little bit of money in Bitcoin, at least a little bit. Um, I think eventually it's going to hit 100000 eventually. Uh, but moving on, let me see. Uh, whereas one Bitcoin is exchangeable with another Bitcoin, each NFT serves as a singularly unique marker for the digital asset it tags. NFTs have also been used to sell tweets and NBA video highlights to bidders. Y'all selling tweets with these too? Oh, okay. The winner of Beeple's 2021 piece Every day, the news first 5,000 days will receive an image along with its unique token, which will be sent to the winner's address, the unique identifier for a cryptocurrency account. This token will convey ownership from the artist to its new owner. Let me read that again. Uh, The first 5,000 days will receive an image along with its unique token which will be sent to the winner's address, the unique identifier for a cryptocurrency account. This token will convey ownership from the artist to its new owner. I'm just trying to make sure I understood that. The Wisconsin-born artist whose name people not to a 1980s Yeti-like monster toy said he was clueless about NFTs until last fall when he was tipped to the format's popularity among cryptocurrency investors. He doesn't have ties to a traditional gallery. People describe it as falling down a rabbit's hole. He said in an interview before the sale, and that is quite accurate. This piece, which is which elicited 353 bids over the course of the 15-day auction, depicts an Omegon of political cartoons and lush video game-like scenes that the 39-year-old artist created over slightly more than 13 years, completing one new work each day. Uh-huh. Very interesting. Now, NFTs are an interesting topic. Um, and I'm still learning more about the topic. Um, and it's called non-fungible token. And there's a lot of stuff being used with them, you know. I didn't know they was doing tweets with them, too. Selling tweets. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, but okay. Let's move on. Um, in another article, let's see. It says this guy spent 175000 on digital trading cards. They're now worth twenty million. Now this is something I heard um, Gary V talk about a lot: uh, trading cards. I've never really been into them. It's not really my thing, but I know a lot of people are into them, and they seem to be making a lot of money. And I always tell people to invest in something where the value is going to appreciate. And it looks like cards are appreciating like houses, you know. So. Let me see. And these are digital trading cards. 
Michael Levi was scrolling Twitter last September when he noticed someone mentioned something that he wanted to know about more about. What is NBA Top Shop? You wondered. This platform to buy, sell, and collect officially licensed video highlights was months from becoming a market that would captivate and mystify basketball fans, cryptocurrency enthusiasts, pandemic day traders, and thousands of people stuck at home. But it wasn't long enough before Levi tested his friends. This could be big. He was so convinced that he decided to spend 175000 over the next six months on digital trading cards. They are now worth $20 million. Let me repeat that one more time. He was so convinced that he decided to spend 175000 over the next six months on digital trading cards. They are now worth $20 million. Okay. $20 million. All right. The investment was a sizable one for Levi, a 31-year-old financial analyst who says his interests are sports, poker, markets, and trying to identify advantages and edges, but it appears that he found the latter in NBA Top Shot. It's what he's not selling. I continue to think it's an assist symmetric, but bet with fantastic upside, he said. Levi is one of the biggest winners of a manic new market that true believers say is the future of collecting and skeptics call it a slightly absurd form of speculation. At the center of the frenzy are assets known as non-fungible tokens or NFTs, which use the blockchain powering cryptocurrencies to authenticate digital art, memorable tweets, and a remarkable variety of um, if I'm wrong, I probably just said they're wrong. Um, if I'm wrong, suddenly worth a mind blowing amount of money. The most popular and perhaps most confounding NFT market is NBA Top Shot. It has mended unlikely millionaires and left many scratching their heads as it processed more than 250,000 in sales from 100,000 buyers over the last month alone. Okay. So, NBA Top Shop. I really don't even mess with the NBA because well, y'all know how I feel about the NBA and the NFL. I just seen an NFL, um, there's another, some running that he worked, uh, plays for the Chargers. And I was just on my social media and like, Somehow I end up seeing that uh, this football player, he's dating this white girl. Um, but it seems like all the NFL, NFL players have white girls. It's interesting. And a friend was like, you know, messing with me. He was like, man, they probably uh, got him on a payroll. And I'm like, <laughs> all I could do was laugh. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think uh, the Patriots owner or something, he got caught with like a. Somebody he was paying, I'll put it that way, uh, a female. But I don't really mess with the NFL or the NBA. And I've told y'all my reasons, but anyway, uh, NFTs are pretty big. Um, and as more people catch up, you know, we'll see. Back at uh, 
I'm not even going to say that because I'm totally against a lot of what the NFL has done to the black community, a lot of the NBA. But anyway. Let's see. What else is in the news today? Uh, <clears throat> fully vaccinated people can gather in small groups without masks. A lot of people already been doing it, especially in the South. The South is just, they didn't really, um, I'll put it this way, they wasn't strict with a lot of their rules. And they kind of just let people do what they wanted to do for the most part. So, yeah. Moving on. Big companies are sharing details on gender and race in their workforces. I find it interesting that gender keeps being pushed into the diversity topic. And people are acting like, let me see, how can I put this? And I have nothing against white women, by the way. I think white women are cool. But at the same time, white women get kind of the same, they get the same stuff as white men, though, don't they? Like, they're raised together, I mean, but in a diversity topic, they're including white women in the same thing. I mean, that's cool, I guess, you know. Um, and what I'm seeing is white women are being pushed to the top of companies also. Um, it was some bank, Citibank, I think it is, where they... Uh, they made this white lady, the CEO. I'm guessing there's not a lot of white ladies that are CEOs. I have to look that up for some, but they're making a big deal about it. But I also see they're talking about race also. Oh, man, I just found out some more stuff about race, by the way. Um, So the tax code is racist, I found out. I never really paid attention to the tax code, but there's this lady, right? Um... What is her name? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But basically, this lady's done a, a research on it. And basically, oh, here we go. Dorothy Brown. It's the lady that did the research. And she um, she's a law professor. And she documented documented racism in a in a tax system that supposedly is colorblind, but she found proof in years of data that is uh is racist. Um, I'm not surprised by that. Um, she was talking about how the people that created the tax code, which were white men, that and probably some white ladies was in there too, that dislike black people in america at the top of a lot of our systems there are white people that dislike black people you could say 
and they do things for other white people, which is another reason we need our reparations. Um, and I say that because, I mean, how many things do we have to just bring up from the tax code to institutional racism? I could pick any company off the stock exchange from the S&P 500 to the NASDAQ, and you will find that there's not a lot of black people on these boards or in the leadership. But I see they're trying to make changes now, but we're so late in the game, right? Oh, then I found out, well, let me see how I find it, right? They wrote an article, right, that black people don't have enough in their retirement. So there's going to be a lot of black people that are going to suffer in the future, which is, I'm not surprised by that either. Black people have been giving up everything, and a lot of black people simply just don't know. Ever since the civil rights movement, we've been going just down. So I'm not surprised by it. Okay, I found this one on U.S. News, and it says the retirement crisis facing Black Americans. And this is the trap that Martin Luther King led us into. And I think he understood, you know, by the time he started, well, he talked about it in the speech, but it was like one of his last speeches. And then he wanted to march, I think he was marching on Washington. Um, he was trying to get the check, you know, trying to go get the money, which he should have did first. But at the same time, he should have been talking about self-reliance and businesses because we're in a capitalist system. Unless he was going to ch somehow change this particular system into a socialist or communist system or somehow. Which anybody could have told you he wasn't going to be able to do. Um, but so now we're in a trap. And now they're talking about Black Americans, Black Americans aren't going to have nothing for retirement or not going to have enough for retirement. So it's pretty, it's crazy right now for Black people. And most Black people don't even understand what is actually happening. And some Black people are actually helping white supremacy. I call them the Oreos. Um, I'm going to use Oreo instead of using the term coon. Because Oreo, I think it's more politically correct. <laughs> um, anyway, but there's a lot of black people that actually help white white supremacy, and that's why you will hear you will hear a lot of black people saying that we shouldn't vote. There's no point in it, and I completely understand. We actually been voting for the longest, right, Democrats? And somehow we got, what was it, the uh, crime bill was the first. Something else I want to discuss is uh, black people in retirement, right? And I seen this article on US News. It says the retirement crisis facing black Americans. And Actually, there was another, um, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but they was talking about the tax code. And 
it was a uh, research done by Dorothy Brown, and we found out that the tax code is racist, right? And it's kind of geared towards helping white people. We found this out. But this is an article, I mean, it's research that's done by Dorothy Brown. And she's a law school professor. And she documented racism in a tax uh, system that was supposed to be colorblind, but she found proof that it's not. Not surprised by that. And let me, uh, I'm about to get back to this article, though. It's called The Retirement Crisis Facing Black Americans. It says, African Americans face income and wealth inequities and low savings rates. Um, it says, long-standing income and wealth disparities along with low savings rates have endangered retirement uh, readiness for millions of elderly Black Americans who still haven't recovered from the devastating impact of 2008 housing crash. The coronavirus pandemic has worsened an already bleak outlook. We are using all of our money to maintain life, says Renee Norris, Vice Chair of the Association of African American Financial Advisors in Washington, D.C. Some of us don't have extra money to build up wealth. I mean, worth. The major retirement crisis faces, facing African Americans involves many issues, including income and wealth disparities, hysterical low home ownership, low savings rates, and a low, lack of participation in the stock market, heavy dependency on Social Security benefits for retirement income, lack of legacy planning, and generational wealth. In other words, Black people are kind of screwed. And the mindset of most Black people are is so messed up for a lot of Black Americans. Right? And still right now, there are a lot of Black people that actually support white businesses over Black businesses. So white people have been pinning at work when it comes to brainwashing, running ads, um, programming from TV shows, the music. This is another reason black people should have never gave up their rights to music, right? Um, they should have never let, I'm not gonna say they should have never let any white people into hip hop, but like, because they gave up everything when it came to hip hop, the control, white people could manipulate however they wanted to, right? And I'm not saying that there aren't good white people out there, but sort of what has happened with hip hop, it's been used against black people. But anyway, <clears throat> and it, if you can't tell, black most black people are struggling, right? So the black parent actually isn't there to actually help the black kid, right? Usually because the black parent is actually just trying to keep a, keep a roof over the kid's head, you know? So it's sort of a struggle. <clears throat> but let me go back into this article. Income and wealth inequity. Black families generally have lower incomes than white families, which make it more difficult to save for retirement. 
In the Federal Reserve's 2019 Survey of Consumer Finances, white families had medium and mean family wealth of 188,000, oh no, I said that $188,200 and $983,400, respectively. The medium and mean wealth of black families is less than 15% that of white families. At 24 thousand one hundred dollars and one hundred and forty two thousand and five hundred respectively we are paid less than our counterparts for the same job that creates disparity out of the gate because you have less discretionary income says eric bailey a certified financial planner and founder of bailey wealth advisors in silver spring maryland without discretionary income it becomes difficult for people to save and accumulate wealth Home ownership among Black Americans has declined to levels not seen since before the passage of the Fair Housing Act in 1968. A major concern among economists and financial planners, chief among the long-term concerns is the impact this Black home ownership trend will have on the already grim outlook for African Americans and their preparation for retirement. According to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, 76% of white Americans own a home compared to 46% of Black Americans. Black home ownership rates have declined since 2001 to levels not seen since the 1960s, according to Urban Institute. And with with homes, right, you can like write off the interest. Can't do that with uh with apartments, to my uh, understanding. Um, speak with. Oh, that's wrong. Uh, low savings rates and stock market participation. Black Americans often don't participate in retirement accounts at work and then don't get the advantage of stock market growth. Only 44% of Black Americans have retirement savings accounts with a typical balance of around 20,000 compared to 65,000 of white Americans who have an average balance of 50,000. According to the Federal Reserve, and only 34% of African Americans own any stocks or mutual funds, compared to more than half of white people. Okay, okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. What wealth Black people have is tied up in home ownership, says Ted Daniels, founder and president of the Society for Financial Education and Professional Development in Alexandria, Virginia. So when there's a downturn in the housing market, they will get hit the hardest. That explains why Black Americans still have not fully recovered from the 2008 housing crash and recession. Investing even a small amount in a 401k plan or IRA can help you accumulate wealth over time. Stop being scared of the stock market, says Nicholas Abrams, a certified financial planner and CEO of AJW Financial Partners in the Baltimore area. The easiest thing to do is participate in your employer plan. So, yeah, and so that's something I talk about all the time, right? Um, participating in the stocks, stocks and bonds. Um, I try to tell everybody to get in it, but not everybody listens. Some people are still scared, but eh, it is what it is. Retired Black Americans depend heavily on Social Security. Those who don't save enough for retirement often come to rely on Social Security. If your only source of income is Social Security, it's not enough to maintain someone. North says, according to the U.S. Social Security Administration, about 38% of minority benefit beneficiaries rely on Social Security for 90% of 
or more of their income compared to 28% of white people. Social security benefits can be lower for African-Americans because benefits are based on income and black workers have historically earned less. If the black guy making 50,000 and the white guy making 75,000, the black guy is going into retirement with a lower income of benefits, Daniel says. A greater number of African-Americans are going into retirement with a lower level of benefits. If social security will be your only major source of retirement income, it's particularly important to take steps to increase your social security payments. Mm-hmm. Well, what we're realizing now is black people are totally screwed in a thousand different ways, man. A thousand different ways. Um, it's crazy. Um, I don't think if I had daughters right now, right? I'm just thinking, like, I would not let them listen to a lot of hip hop. Like, they can't listen to Cardi B. They can't listen to uh, Megan Thee Stallion. I would not let them listen to it. <laughs> and I know that sounds conservative, but I'm not a conservative. I'm actually to the left, actually, or more to the left. But I just think when I listen to some of those lyrics, especially when you're a young girl, no, no, no. But anyway, a lack of legacy planning and generational wealth. It's difficult to leave money to your children when you don't have enough for your own retirement. We don't have generational wealth, Abram says. We don't do the right thing to pass down to the next generation so they can build upon that. An estate plan can help Make sure your money is left to the correct heirs. Estate planning is the key. Abram says we've got to make sure we got wills and trusts and make sure our assets are entitled properly without going through probate. Anyone close to retirement should sit down with a financial advisor to get a snapshot of their financial situation. If you are struggling day to day working full time, you need to look possibly putting off retirement, Abram says. If you are in retirement and there's a shortfall, look for additional ways to earn income, including part-time work or cutting back on some expenses. However, even in all those disparities, there are still plenty of African-Americans who are retired and enjoying their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not plenty, there's few. <laughs> well, anyway, it comes down to proper planning, setting goals, and being realistic about what you are trying to achieve, Abram says. But anyway, I think I've uh, been on here enough. Very interesting, interesting. Um, a lot of people are really just realizing, right, that black people are t- sort of screwed. but. It is what it is. Um, Basically, a lot of white people have taken advantage of black people. And because a lot of black people are not educated. And you can see this through, like, who's being hired, too, right? A lot of times it's the people that aren't educated, right? Who gets the the high-paying job. And I'm talking about like NFL or the NBA. And so the little kids look up to the NBA player and the NFL player, even though they're doing things totally wrong. But a lot of black celebrities have been okay with taking out their own community, right? 
which I find interesting. But it is what it is. I mean, and this type of stuff goes all the way back to slavery. But that's enough, man. I'm going to finish this. Uh, I'm going to let that be the end of it for today. And I will talk to y'all next time. Go get my book, man. Um, the Coming Past, Present, Future. Uh, and I'm talking about history. I'm talking about redlining. I'm talking about uh, the Freedman Bank. I'm talking about different laws that were passed. I kind of tell you about a lot of the inequities why Martin Luther King should not have been leading. So, yeah, man. I'll talk to y'all next time.